Hallelujah. this morning for our worship. Woo! Come on, how about that? How about our worship team? to Pennsylvania but I want to read a little card because they couldn't get a thank you to everybody so it says Evangel family greetings just want to thank you all for your love and support you made this a smooth transition amen God is so good we've been so blessed to be a part of the family we would like to give a big shout out to you all for the wonderful cards, offerings. Thank you so much. Always know that we love you and look forward to visiting. After all, we are family. Amen. And we pray God will continue to bless each and every one of you. Thank you again. The Ray family. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Just a let you know through election day we have prayer right here in the sanctuary tuesday thursday 6 30 to 8 a.m also prayer in this sanctuary friday night 7 to 8 30. also join me on facebook saturday morning bishop and i seven o'clock so it is important to pray amen I believe prophetically that God is saying more than anything, pray, get into relationship with him. That's the key. And so uh, join us Tuesdays and Thursdays, especially. It's only 630 in the morning till eight. You won't die. Amen. Look at your neighbor say you will not die. Amen. All right. Give God another praise for our wonderful new members. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're glad you're here. Amen. And our children and youth are meeting today. So they're back in the swing of things. So we're excited for them. Amen. And still so many of you are online and watching from home, and that's a good thing. But if you can come out and be a part here in the building, we'd love to have you. And I just want to let you know Bishop had some surgery, but he's on the mend and he's doing okay. Amen. He's doing good. So he shall return soon. And we're thankful for that. Amen. I'm thankful. All right. And then don't forget, set aside. August 29th, 9 a.m. throughout 
I believe the whole day you can join us here for Kingdom Collaboration with Pastor Ernesta Dorsey. Amen. You don't want to miss it. Amen. And it's not about coming to see a person or persons. It's about coming and experiencing the presence of God. So don't miss it. All right. Let us look to the word this morning. I love what God gave me. He started kind of earlier in the week and it was kind of cool because it's the first time he ever gave me a word through a video. And you'll see the clip, it's really cute, but when I got it from a friend, well, this friend sends them all the time, and I, in my mind, some of it's just junk, and I think, man, this person needs to get a job. Amen? But when they sent this one, I said, okay, this is good stuff. So I want to look today at this whole concept of we're all in this together. That's what I call it. Now, how many of you are a little bit done with all the little jargon that go with this season? I don't want to tell people to stay safe. I want to tell them to be blessed. We're all in this together. I'm sick of hearing that. Anybody else join me? I'm just being real. How many of you are sick of it? We know we're in this together. But God gave me a whole new perspective on it. So that's what I want to go after this morning. So we'll go to 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 20 to 26. And I just want you to open your hearts. And if you're in your seat and you can't kneel, that's fine. I just want to put myself in a position of humility. And if you'd like to do that, join me. And that's just because I said so. Amen? But I just thank God to be able to kneel. And I pray for all those that need a healing in their limbs. Touch them this morning, God. Father, I just thank you this morning. We just humble ourselves. There's something about this place, God, being in this position that just brings us to a place, God, where we pour our hearts out. Forgive us, Cleanse us, God, of every word, every motive, every thought, every action. Father, I remove, as far as the east is from the west, every sin in our lives this morning. I stand in the gap for this whole house. Those online, those in the sanctuary, those that aren't neither, but God, they identify with this house. We stand in the gap and cry out for grace, for mercy, for forgiveness. Father, we ask for that gift of repentance. Bring it to our minds. God, cause us to turn. And for whatever we can't do in the natural, God, you do the rest. God, we thank you this morning for this word. We thank you that every hindrance is gone and that we're going to receive everything you have for us. And so, God, we praise you. We thank you 
In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give God a praise. Hallelujah. I just want to praise him all day because he's so good. So 1 Corinthians, let's look at that. Chapter 12, verse 20 to 26. Verse 20 to 26. All right. It says, but now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Nor again the head to the feet, I don't need you. No, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Hold your hands out in front of you and look at them and say, I need you. Look down at your feet and say, I need you. Put your hands on your heart and say, I need every organ functioning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You need your baby toe. People say, well, we don't really need it. Try walking without one. You need your joint. You say, well, Dr. Cheryl, why'd you pick joints? Because I walked without a joint in my toe for a long time. I was so blessed when he put one in. We don't realize we balance with a lot of this stuff. We need each other. We need each other in this house. We need those that are online. But we need all those out there, too. We need our families. We need our workforce people. We need one another. We need our municipalities. We need our law enforcement. We need everybody working together. Why? Because we're all in this together. And I ain't talking about COVID. I'm talking about life. Hello? One of the main lessons I believe that we have learned through the pandemic is that this virus went around the globe. It didn't just hit America. It didn't just hit a certain state. It hit every nation. Look at your neighbor and say, only God. Only God. 
I was in Japan a week before it broke out. They already were wearing masks more than usual. But they were all conscious of one another. I had someone this week say, I'm so sick of wearing masks. And going on and on and on. So finally they just looked at me and they said, you're not saying anything. I said, look, wear the stupid mask. If not for yourself, wear it for others. Because we're in this together and we need to help others. And if I can lift somebody's burden by wearing a dumb mask, I'm going to do it. If I can lift their burden by wearing a hat, I'll do it. How many of you hear what I'm saying? Saints, we got to start getting a fresh perspective. If the worst thing in our life is a mask. I got that report I told you last week across my desk from our ministry in Burma. A young mother with three babies. She just simply didn't want to give the two military officers all of her food so that she could feed the babies. She said, you can take mine, but I really need some for my babies. And they shot her in the head, in the eye, and in the chest and killed her. If the worst I got to worry about is a mask, hello, kind of puts it all in perspective. We need everybody. We need the entire world because that's who's got to be one to Jesus. Interesting point. Do you know that air will go through the entire earth? And so it takes four days for it to make a, a round. And so right now, four days ago, people in Russia were breathing this air. That's kind of interesting. I was studying that this morning, and I thought, wow. Saints, we're in this. It's like everybody's on the same ship. We're all one, and we're all on it. Think about this example. You get on a plane, but you're in economy, right? So in order to get to economy, you got to walk through first class. You got to walk through business. You got to walk through and probably you'll hit economy about two thirds of the way back. But the reality is this. Everybody is on that plane together. And if that plane goes down, it doesn't recognize race. It don't recognize hair color. It don't recognize anything except the planes going down and we're all on it. Does that put it in a different perspective? The leaders of Jesus' day had categories they put people in. One was sinners and saved. One was Pharisees and the tax collectors. One was the poor and the very wealthy. 
One was the Jews and the Gentiles. Interesting because when Jesus came on the scene, he didn't recognize any of that. In fact, he looked like, what is the deal here? And a good example of it, and I never saw it this way until I started to look at it, but in John chapter 8, verse 7, look what Jesus says when they brought the woman out in adultery. John chapter 8, verse 7. Because she fell in adultery, and so what happened? They're all dragging her out. All these men are dragging her out into the middle of the town. And everybody's just frothing at the mouth to get to throw stones. <laughs> Come on, don't look so surprised because we still do it today. Uh-oh. John 8, verse 7. So when they continued asking him, they continued asking him, come on, aren't you going to do something about her? Blah, blah, blah. Look at what she did. She slept with this guy and she ain't married and he ain't married and he is married. I love the fact that it was her. What did the guy do? He just was this innocent victim. But it was all about her and her sin. It says, and he finally lifted himself up and said, He that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. Wow. See, Jesus was looking at it from a whole different perspective. Had the woman sinned? Hello? Yeah. Had the men sinned? Oh, gosh, you guys got really loud on that. Okay, Father, forgive us for any man-hating spirits in this room. Had the woman sinned? Absolutely. Had the men sinned? Absolutely. And Jesus was not all tied up in our thinking. Because we're thinking, that person sinned, God. God, I'm so glad I don't have that addiction. I'm so glad, God, I don't have those issues. See, we're no different today than when they pulled her out into the center of town. But Jesus saw all of it. See, get a perspective of the whole picture. Jesus saw her. He saw these men dragging her out. He saw the guy she was sleeping with and several others that were dragging her out were probably party to it too. She, he saw it all and he says, you're all flawed. There's flaws in all of you. Name one here who isn't flawed. So why do you get to throw stones at her? That's where his thinking was. But I loved it because I think his silence spoke volumes to them. You ever been in a situation where you're kind of silent and then everybody gets silent? And he didn't scold anybody. 
He didn't start screaming. You need to stop this. You need to stop all this drug stuff and all this alcohol stuff. And you need to. He just said, okay, I'm going to write in the sand here. And he said, now, whoever thinks they're okay, you can cast the first stone. You, you're, you're spotless. Well, what happened? You can just see the whole town dropping all their rocks and walking away. <laughs> because his look was one of, hey, we're all in this together. <laughs> we all got sin. But isn't our job in the body to love one another? Isn't our job in the body to accept one another? Isn't our job in the body to forgive one another? Stand in the gap for forgiveness for our brothers and sisters who fall. Why is it that old saying in the church that we wound, we kill our wounded? Ought to not be. It, we should be known for saying in the church, we help raise up and give life to our wounded. Let's go to Acts chapter 10. I love this. Whole new perspective God showed me on this. I just love Peter. Even in the Gospels, he was incredibly interesting. But he just becomes exciting in the book of Acts. Look at Acts chapter 10. Now let's look at verse 15 and 16 first. Peter had been praying on the rooftop. How many of you go to your secret place and you pray? And you start hearing God. And then when God starts speaking to you, sometimes you get an impression of what you think God is saying. And then you figure, oh, I'm good. I got this down. And then God says, no, this. So here's Peter praying on the rooftop, and look at verse 15 and 16. And the voice spake unto him again the second time. What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. Now, I like to go to the Hebrew Bible. And it said there that God spoke to him. This went on for three times. How many of you know sometimes we need a fresh perspective so we need to look it over? God's got to say it again and maybe again. So here's Peter, and God says to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat, when he saw the birds in the vision. And Peter thought, oh, man, no, I got this down. No, Lord, I'm not letting anything unclean. Touch me. And I'm sure Peter thought, I'm going to get a pat on the head for this one. And all of a sudden, he heard the voice. Don't you dare 
call unclean what I have created. Whoa! Don't you dare call dirty. Don't you dare mayline with your mouth what I created. Uh-oh. All right, let's all just ask God to forgive us right now. <laughs> right? Because we still see the battle today. Peter was in a battle in that day between the Jewish followers of Jesus and the Gentile followers. See, it was that belief system again, those traditions, those religious things. It was about race again. How many of you know we still are battling some of the same stuff? Wow. I preach alone. Thank you. The Jewish followers said if those Gentiles want to become part, they got to do this, 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 follow all the little Jewish laws. And the Gentiles were like, are you crazy? We're not asking to become Jews. We're asking to become followers of Christ. Hello. How many of you know we still go through this today? Well, one body says you got to do this in order to be saved. Another one says, oh, no, you got to do this in order to be saved. Oh, no, you got to do this. And all Jesus is saying, you just got to come to me. Come and pour your heart out, and I'll receive you unto me and accept me into your heart and let me be Lord. I'll do the rest. Do you know how many times people come to me and they said, Pastor, I just try. I just can't do everything uh, that I'm supposed to do. I said, good, because God don't expect you to. God expects you to do the obvious things, but then some of that other stuff, it's going to take time to get cleaned up, to get straight, to do this, to do that. I was ministering to a woman the other night. I had gone there for uh, her to do uh, something on my skin and so we got to talking, and I led her to the Lord, and she said, you know, it's just so hard to be a Christian. I said, why? She says, because I tried to do this before. I said, well, what did you try to do? Well, you know, I tried to keep this law and that law and do this rule. And, you know, the pastor, I was at the church. He told me I had to do this. And I had to be here three times a week. And did I said, wow. I said, to be honest with you, I said, walking with Jesus is, one about, is about one of the easiest assignments I've ever had. She goes, what do you mean? I says, I just stay on my face, <laughs> cry out to him, and make sure my heart's always right. That's not easy. But I can do that. And she just started sobbing. She says, in your church, she didn't know I was a pastor. She says, in your church accepted you? And I just giggled. I said, well, they better. <laughs> I said, they just really better. She says, and it's okay you're not doing everything perfect. I said, oh, believe me, they know that too. 
of you hear what I'm saying? We're all in this together. Our job is to lift one another up. And where we lack, the other one helps. And where we lack, the other one gains, etc. Here's Peter on the rooftop. And how many of you know, as a good Jew, he probably freaked out. He freaked out when God said, how dare you? I would have been shaken to my bones. Okay, God, what did I do wrong? Because, see, every good Jew followed the law. Every good Jew made sure they did the right things before God. Every good Jew ate kosher. Now, yeah, it's healthy, but, man, if you don't eat kosher, you are big trouble with God. And as I was looking at this, I thought at the time my aunt was a a victim of the Holocaust. She was a Holocaust survivor. And to meet my aunt, you'd have just said, wow, she's gorgeous. Probably just lived a princess life her whole life and never a dull day. And my aunt survived Auschwitz. My aunt had three little babies. And I told you this before, but when the Germans came in to invade the Nazis, not the Germans, the Nazis came in to invade Poland. My aunt had three small ones, and the Nazis came into her home, threw the babies up in the air, and riddled them with bullets in front of her. My aunt survived that, went on to marry a rabbi when she came here to America, he died in the pulpit at the synagogue preaching. And then my aunt went on in later years and she met my uncle and married him. And they lived a good life together. She lived to be 100. Now, in all that time that I knew my aunt, she never one time complained to me about anything. Other than, shuttle, make sure you marry a good Jewish boy. I pray. That's how she say, shuttle, marry a good Jewish man. I said, Aunt Toby, I don't, I'm not around Jewish men. Ah, see, you must come to my house. But when she met Bishop, It was very interesting. It was uh, probably about seven, ten years before she passed. And when she met him, she came to my home. This traditional rabbi's wife who would never enter a Gentile home. But one holiday, I said, do you think you could come over? Oh, of course. You'll never invite me. I said, well, I thought you wouldn't come. Aha, see? So I invited her over, and I said, now, Aunt Toby, Uncle Sam will eat my spaghetti, but he don't care. He does it behind your back because he likes it. I said, will you eat spaghetti? Of course, dear. I was blown away. They came. They had dinner. And so bishops, she loved Bishop. She called him Jetty. Jetty, you're a good Jewish man. You just don't know. 
And so that holiday, he looked at her and he said, good, will you honor your nephew? She said, of course. He goes, good, would you let me pray with you? Because the Messiah is here. And that little woman lifted her little hands. And she let us pray. And she prayed with us and received Christ. Of course, when it was over, she said, now you must not tell my family. I said, no, I'll leave that to you. You see, we're all in this together. That's mind-blowing what Peter received from God that day. But the reality is God stepped right into the midst of all the religiosity. God will walk right in to your situation where you think you got to do A, B, C. God gets right in there. And I want to tell you something. When Jesus comes into the midst, it gets messy. It just gets a little messy. Because everything you think goes right out the window when he starts giving you some directives. Because Jesus said, look, I'm Lord over it all. I'm Lord over the Catholics. I'm Lord over the Protestants. I'm Lord over the street people. I'm Lord over the hospitals. I'm Lord over everybody that's got to wear a mask. Hello? Look at your neighbor this morning. Say, we're all in this together. That's right. We're... We're in one plane, we're on one ship, we're on one planet. The virus didn't care about race. The virus didn't care whether you were rich or poor. The virus didn't care what denomination you were, if you were Christian, Jewish, Catholic, Muslim. The virus didn't care. Because I believe God was using it to say, hey, Get a, li- get a life here. <laughs> See, and the question I have this morning is, how will you spend the rest of your days? After today, you know some stuff. How will you spend the rest of these days? How will you function when you're looking at others that may not think like you, act like you, do what you do, but... He says, we're all in this together. Peter chose way back there on the roof. He went and met with all the people that Cornelius had brought to him. It's very interesting because Peter makes it very clear. He says, uh, God brought me here. And I'm going to share with you the gospel. And it was everybody that wasn't a Jew. You want to know what the definition of prejudice is? I thought this was interesting. Prejudice is when we think we're better than someone else. Wow. Prejudice is when we think God plays favorites. And if you ever have a question about it, look with me at 1 Corinthians 12, 16. 
that's okay. You're doing a great job back there. Don't listen to no lie and no enemy. All right. If the ear says, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? See, if we think that our ear is more important than our eye, try going without hearing. If we think that our eyes are more important than our hands, try going without hands. In the Hebrew Bible, this is how it reads. It says, God will not play favorites. He doesn't favor one person over another. Because God's not prejudiced. How many of you know God's not prejudiced? He's not prejudiced over race. He's not prejudiced. He doesn't say men are better than women. He doesn't say uh, that blondes have more fun. I don't think they do. Because I wasn't always a blonde. And I had fun when I was a brunette. How many of you hear what I'm saying? That's the, forgive my next word, that is the stupidity of mankind. When we think we're better, we're not. We all need one another. And we need Jesus most of all. I love it. There was a pastor that went to India. And so one of his tour guides, he was... uh, taking him to a meeting uh, to preach. And the man from India looked at him and said, you Americans, you crack me up. And the pastor said, what do you mean? He says, you Americans, you get excited when there's a guest speaker that you really admire. Or there's something going on and you gather by the thousands at a church because of a speaker. He says, in India... We get excited about communion. We get excited when people come together. I get excited when I go to my prayer closet. But I get excited when we come together and we're worshiping. And worship goes through the roof. And I sense the power of God everywhere. That's exciting. I don't care about no guest speaker. I don't care who comes to preach. I won't go to some conference just to hear, you know, superstar. He's the superstar. And when he preaches, I listen. How many of you are getting this this morning? In 1 Corinthians 11.33, you see the believers came together in houses. It says, wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another, wait on one another, wait for my spirit, wait so that everybody can get together. The early believers, they didn't run from house to house waiting to see who was preaching. They came together. Why? Because of him. 
Are you getting this this morning? Because when we really have him in here, then we come together out here, and guess what? We're a force to be reckoned with in the earth. That devil better look out. See, as the saints of God are praying and praying and coming together and praying on Tuesdays and praying on whatever day you pray, as when we come together, that devil is like shaking in his boots. Why do you think there's so much garbage going on? He doesn't know what to do first. He don't know where to run because God's shaking. God's shaking and he's shaking. And what's going to be left? is the awesomeness of the presence of the Lord and the people of God all coming together. We got to come out of this mentality. You do you. How many of you have heard that one? You just do you. You do you. It's okay. No, it's not okay. You don't do you. You think about all of us. We need one another. We need Jesus, but we need one another. Shane Claiborne, he's one of my heroes. You say, well, who in the world is he? If you uh, love to read, look up the book, uh, Irresistible Revolution. It just gives you a whole new perspective. But Shane is probably in his 40s, maybe 50s. And uh, my brother got me kind of familiar with Shane. My brother knew Shane, knows Shane Claiborne. But, my, you know, my brother would tell me about Shane's ministry. And so I started to look it up. And uh, Shane took the Bible and said, okay, I'm going to actually believe what Jesus said. And so he moved his family and himself to the poor in uh, Pennsylvania, one of the cities. And they ministered to the people, and they fed the people. Well, one night, there was a food truck that came into the inner city, and it was loaded with food, and people were just thronging it. And so here's this little woman. He watches her, and she tries to crawl in and get some food, you know. And so finally she gets through the throng of people, and she gets food, and she moves her way back out. So a little bit after that, Shane goes, uh, did you, was it worth it to get about beaten up to get some food? And she said, oh, yes. She says, because I don't eat the food myself. She says, I have this little homeless lady that lives around the corner from me. She says, and she can't fight for a meal. She's too frail. Wow. Would we be willing to do that? Because that's what Jesus would do. That little lady needed her. And she needed that little lady. See, we need one another. I want to close with a clip. But also listen to this story. There was a guy walking the beach. And he saw this little boy take all these little starfish that were on the sand and throw them back in the water. And so the guy walks up to him the one time and he says, 
How do you expect to make a difference? Look at this beach. There's thousands of starfish on this beach. And you come by and you grab them and you throw them back in. And the little boy looked at him and picked up a starfish and threw it in the water and said, made, made a difference to that one. How many of you hear me this morning? Watch this clip. It gets the point across. We're all in this together. Smarter to travel in groups. get it. Let's pray this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you're out there this morning and you really don't know him, because in order to live this life and prosper and be blessed, in order to be used of him, you really need him in you. So if you're watching online, it's a perfect time to receive Christ into your heart. If you're sitting in the pew, it's a perfect time. And I'm just going to ask you to pray with me because we're going to invite Jesus in. And you're going to do what you can do, but he's going to do the rest. So pray with me this morning. Say, Lord, thank you. I understand that you died, but you rose again. So I invite you in to my life. Take over. Be Lord. I want to be in this thing together with you, Lord. Father, make me different. Change my life. I give you my heart. Thank you for your blood. In Jesus' name. And if you're out there this morning or online and you fit, you feel like, man, I, I really got to get a fresh perspective and I just need God to cleanse my heart from all the junk that I've missed, then just lift your hands this morning. Father, I thank you this morning for all that you are doing in our midst. I thank you for this word, Father. We are in this thing together. But it ain't about a pandemic. It's about how you're using everything that happens. Lord, help me this morning. 
help every one of us. Forgive us for where we've missed it. Forgive us for our attitudes. Forgive us for the way we think that ain't godly. Forgive us for our motives. Forgive us, God, for our actions, our words. Wash us this morning in that precious blood of Jesus. And Father, I pray this morning that this word gets so deep into our hearts that, God, we see just how true it is we are in this thing together. That, God, we're on the same planet doing the same stuff that we're supposed to do, but we're all doing it, and we're all looking out one for another. Change us, Jesus. Change us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.